right, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, typically, when we start the show, you'll hear a, a nice ad for uh, our friends over at Agoras Nexus. Well, guess what? I have, uh, I'm going to eliminate that ad today because we have the Agoras Nexus with us today. Our friends, Dag and, of course, Brandon, have joined us today to uh, have a nice chat. Yeah, don't get too upset. Quiz time is back. Brian is not here. He's still in the lead for the assless leather chaps. Do not fret. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm really confident he's going to win that, even with a week off. So don't worry. But uh, I but just think, you know, he should just win it anyway. Like, he should just have to wear the assless chaps no matter who wins. I, that's what I vote for. That's funny. Maybe I can arrange that. But you're the boss, so <laughs> I really can't do anything without you saying, all right. Uh, but I want to welcome our friends back to the show once again, Dag and Brandon. Thank you very much for joining us this week to have a chat. What's up? Thanks for having hey. us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. We're uh, we're quite honored to have you. I wanted to talk uh, to Dag first. What's the deal? Um, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to the different kinds of seeds. I've heard of heirloom seeds, for example, before, but I'm not 100% sure what the difference is between uh, seeds. Like if I want to go to like the store, if I go to uh, a nursery to buy seeds to actually grow food. Maybe you can enlighten myself and the rest of our audience, if you wouldn't mind, on your business, what you sell, what the differences are, and um, what you what puts you above the cut, so to speak. Sure, man. Um, yeah. So first, uh, the the big thing is everyone's going to claim, and I do as well, that uh, we sell like non-GMO seeds. Uh, to be honest, it's kind of marketing. Like you're not going to go to the store and buy GMO seeds. Like you're going to have if you're buying GMO seeds, you're going to fill out paperwork and you know all sorts of nonsense. So so that's not really something you have to worry about. So pretty much anything you buy from any place is going to be fine. Um, as far as heirloom versus like a hybrid or something, heirlooms are usually like, like, let's say like a particular variety or something that people have been growing for like a hundred years and, you know, it's stable, uh, heirlooms are really cool. You know, you can really get some, some really cool flavors and looks and everything that you can't get from like, you know, typical seeds or grocery store food. Um, then you have like, what's called like hybrids, which is going to be like when they just breed like two different varieties of tomato together, you know, or something that people have been working on for less than a hundred years, you know, something like that um, might just be a standard variety or a hybrid. Hybrid isn't a GMO. It's not the same thing. So people claim it is, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's basically it. The only other thing that you want to look out for, if you're concerned, if you're trying to do something like straight organic, mm-hmm. um, you know, some seeds are going to be certified organic, which just means they're grown organic methods. And one other thing you might want to look out for is some seeds are treated, which means they have some sort of pesticide or antifungicide on the seed themselves. I personally don't think there's anything wrong with those, but if you're trying to do a completely organic thing, it'd be something you'd want to avoid. Um, that's about it. We carry everything except, um, except GMO seeds. You know, we have a couple options that are treated just because you know, for some people it works out. Some people have particular problems with pests or diseases or funguses or whatever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that can work out. I don't think there's anything wrong with hybrids. We sell hybrids as well. And, um, and, uh, and we have a lot of heirlooms. So yeah, man, if, uh, you know, if anybody's looking to get their garden going, we always have stuff in stock. We always have stuff on sale. We're currently doing a special, uh, free shipping on anything over 20 bucks. And then if anybody does pick anything up, use the code Nexus 10, you get 10% off and you'll get a donation to Agoras Nexus to, you know, help us keep producing content. So fantastic. Does that answer everything? Uh, Yeah, it kind of does. The the, the only other question I had for you, for those of us who don't live in the sunny south, for example, we live in the very gray and often cold north. 
are there are there any kinds of seeds that we can purchase from the site from you from your business and grow them indoors like for example if we had something that had access to enough natural light if we could uh, put something in a pot and grow I i'm just thinking off the top sure, of my sure. head like peppers or something like that is there something that you would have for someone like myself uh or christopher or angel that we could grow indoors during the cold months as long as there's natural light um so something like peppers they're going to require a lot of space and light so you definitely want like a good light or something to do those but one thing that's going to be easier with anything from like some natural light coming from a window or some small like uh, led grow lights or something uh leafy greens like lettuces you know pick them when they're young you can do things like that we'll be getting some microgreen seeds on the site soon uh, as well so then you know if you want to do microgreens that's something else you can do easily indoors but otherwise most leafy greens are just fine and then depending on where you live you know where your latitude falls um there's a lot of stuff that you can even do outdoors through most of the winter like you know like you can get some carrots um uh some other uh, there's some other like frost tolerant greens like collards or something so just depending on how long you want to stretch your season and you know where exactly you live like like me like i'm in like zone 10 so we don't even grow anything right now i'm just now getting my garden planned out and started for the year because you know it's just too darn hot so we're kind of backwards so yeah just depending on where you're at but yeah there's always something you can do indoors or again a lot of stuff if you know if you work for it you can grow it through the winter You'd mentioned zone 10. Would you be able to elaborate on that for uh, listeners uh, who may not sure. understand that and the, and the growing seasons and the differences, if you wouldn't mind, please? Yeah, I'm, uh, when I say zone, I'm referring to USDA agricultural growing zones, which basically, you know, they run along, you know, latitude. So the further north you are, the lower the number is. So like, you know, uh, up where you guys are, I don't know, you might be like 6A or something. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's 5-6-ish. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right, right. I wasn't wasn't too far off. Not bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's a you can loosely go by zones, you know, as sort of get a little bit of idea like when you want to plant something. Like there's all sorts of charts and things you can look up if I live in zone, you know, whatever. Here's what and when I can plant. So you can sort of go by stuff like that. You know, it's always an approximation. If you live in a hill or a valley, you know, it's going to be different. But um, but yeah, so. So basically, just depending on where you live, you might have different growing seasons. Uh, we're kind of backwards down here. Anything south of the Panhandle, um, you know, Florida is going to be a little bit backwards. Uh, you know, our winter time is our big growing season. That's the only time we can grow things that like cold weather. But um, but yeah, eventually, I would like to get a little more information, uh, you know, resources and stuff on the site. But I mean, man, there's so much gardening info out there with a you know, go on research or or um, or LBRY or whatever and. And, you know, you can definitely find some people to help you out with that, too. And if anybody has any specific questions, they can holler at me and I'll do the best I can. Although I really am mostly just familiar in Florida. It's the only place I live. So everything else I'm going off of is just books. Oh, that's fine. Is there any particular type of uh, plant or uh, uh, a food that you've tried to grow, a crop that you've tried to grow, like that you find as a challenge that you're like, you know what? I haven't had a tremendous amount of luck. Like, for example, I, I have absolutely shit the bed when it comes to acorn squash my wife produced two of them and they were tiny ones they were tiny squash which was i mean even it wouldn't be big enough for my dog at the time but like i have completely like bombed out on that one and like last year i got decent tomatoes in fact i think the tomato plants that i have right now have started to fruit really well but i i, I bomb out when it comes to squash and that's the one thing that i really enjoy is squash because I, I i haven't made ketchup or my or any of that stuff or like salsa yet so like i really haven't dove into tomatoes but is there a particular um a, a, a one specific fruit or one specific vegetable that you've tried that you've had zero success with that you really want to nail down 
Uh, well, you know, there's some things that I don't even attempt because they're just not going to work here, like asparagus or something, you know, which would be nice. Uh, but man, one thing in particular is uh, my wife's been trying to grow papayas for years and just something always happens to them. It's been years. We've tried them. They get a few feet tall and then it either gets too cold in the winter or they flood in the summer or something. And that's been really frustrating because we are, you know, a lot of people around us have success with them and it's kind of nice to have like tropical fruit, you know, handy. Uh, otherwise, there's some stuff that's just very specific, like, you know, we can only grow certain types of onions, what's called short day onions because of our latitude. So we're very limited with that. I'd like to have more variety of onions, but what are you going to do? And, you know, another one that I've had trouble with similarly too with some different squashes and melons and really my issue with them is like bugs. So for just us to eat, it's not a big deal because we might get like a pickle worm in a cucumber that I can cut out the part the worm eats, but I can't sell it. You know, so when it ends up being 60 to 70% of my cucumbers have some sort of bug damage, I can't sell them. So we can do them just for us, but, you know, we are limited in that regard. Same thing with like cantaloupes, you know, we get a lot of uh, bug damage, but we can cut it out. There's still an edible portion. Um, but, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to accept that, you know, sometimes there's limitations. Sometimes you can do things to, you know, to, to change it. So one thing that I have a hard time with is going to be um, also like bell peppers. We get a lot of sun scald from that. So at one point I erected a, uh, a shade structure and put shade cloth over it. And I was growing bell peppers and the um, cucumbers in there because I could keep the moths out that lay the eggs for said um, uh, pickle worms. So, you know, sometimes there's things you can do, but you know, just like everything in life, you know, there's, there's pros and cons and trade-offs. So you got to sort of figure, is it, what's it worth doing to solve that problem versus am I just going to buy it in the store or trade it to someone who can just do it better than me? You know, like I've got an old dude down the street who some stuff he grows better than me, some stuff I grow better. So, you know, we figure out what works and you know, that's what we sell. <laughs> there's that free market uh, rearing its ugly head uh, and voluntary interaction and exchange. How fantastic. I really appreciate all this information. I know that uh, our friend Paul B from B Town will definitely appreciate it. He uh, actually supplied us with uh, myself, and I shared it with uh, with Angel. Of course, uh, this massive haul of he he, he uh, canned uh, pickles. We got um, what else? We get we got a bunch of acorn squash. He's been successful, wildly successful at the thing that I've been an unmitigated failure at, and that is growing acorn squash. So it's pretty rad, man. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this because it's all about. Um, you know, our philosophy is about what? Taking care of yourself, grow your own food, become your own bank, all of those nice principles that we most of us share anyway. So that's fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we will make sure that we oh, thank you. send people to the right spot if they want to uh, uh, find uh, more information or hopefully patronize you. Um, yes, I'm cool with both of those. Outstanding. I want to uh, shift over to our friend uh, Brandon. I would like to talk to you specifically about any big news, any new developments with Agoras Nexus. Do you have any projects in the work uh, that you would like to discuss with the audience? Um, anything big coming up? I mean, I see a lot of articles and I get to read a lot of wonderful articles that come out. And of course, we retweet them as often as we see them, uh, which is, you know, every single time because you turn the notification bell on, you won't miss anything. Uh, so do you have anything uh, that uh, that's in the works, uh, Brandon, anything at all? Yeah, uh, I, well, I first want to say thank you so much for uh, for retweeting that uh, or, or our stuff. And um, yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff. Um, we just came out with the article that I want to make sure everybody uh, knows about um, called the uh, Carl Watner story, really great article about um, Carl Watner, uh, you know, may, may rest in peace. But um, yeah, and it, 
such such a great article again i can't uh, can't stress it enough he he you know changed his whole entire lifestyle to um to avoid extortion from the state and uh you know what what a what a great agorist he was but um uh, yeah, Wendy McRoy is writing a book for us. Um, we've got a, another documentary in the works. This one is going to be um, a lot more complicated and intricate than the first one, the first documentary that we did, which was um, 3D printing. Uh, I forget the exact title, but it's a uh, 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 3D printing one uh, a while back. I think it's like the debate is over. And um, yeah, that one was only seven minutes. Our next documentary is about two hours. So um, a lot of the stuff that you do when you make a, a seven-minute documentary, um, you find out that, uh, that it's a little bit more complicated doing a, uh, a, you know, a two-hour documentary. So, sure. sure. What did you learn, if anything, um, as far as scale or as far as uh, production or what have you from doing a seven minute documentary to now a two hour one. I'm obviously you're talking several or orders of magnitude, but still like, is there anything that you would consider growing pains? Is there anything that, that, you know, the, the, the first documentary prepared you for the second, is there anything that uh, helped you in the process? Yeah. Uh, definitely need more bodies for sure. And, and, this one is a little bit more research heavy. Um, I don't know if I want to share the subject with you guys just yet, but, uh, but yeah, this one's definitely a lot more research heavy. So um, I, I find that, that doing things in, in like sections. So instead of like trying to work everything all at once, if we start on a section, then, then the editor, can can start doing that one section and then he can he can merge them later on mm. instead of trying to do it all at once that that way you've got kind of more of like an assembly line right um so yeah ho hopefully that answers your question there and uh and then yeah um some crazy life news for you i, I moved down to uh to mexico and what a, what a crazy crazy move wow. that was so. wow that's really cool where nope. at in mexico um i'm down I'm down in, I'm down under. <laughs> under okay. I, like, uh, so Southern area. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Eastern, <laughs> Southwestern, Northern Mexico. Would you quit trying to out the man? He's trying to stay anonymous <laughs> for crying out loud. He, he, he doesn't even tell me, so, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> try fed angel. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was question people ask when when they say that they move to a country oh yeah where at in that country i mean i think it's just a natural question it is yeah <laughs> north south east west yeah, west. Sure. yeah. yeah maybe yeah, maybe central Circle. maybe go maybe go fuck yourself either way <laughs> is this uh, district just outside of nunya yeah exactly <laughs> well done well done so how do you like it down there uh what if you um now of course me i go immediately to the uh culinary side of it have you ingratiated yourself into the cuisine? Are you enjoying it? Are you sticking with more of what you ate before you crossed the border? Like, come on, give me some of those day-to-day -day details that maybe if they've changed a little bit, if you've still maintained the status quo, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a little bit of a culture shock. Um, you know, 
driving, you've got to focus on kilometers instead of uh, miles per hour. Uh, then you're going from U.S. dollars to Mexican pesos. Um, and, and then you're like, man, it, you, you know, the, the small town that I'm living in, um, you know, I'm like, man, you know, in my neighborhood, I'm like, I've got to walk all the way over there to a store, um, not realizing that pretty much every single one of my neighbors has their own little store. So if you, you want to talk about free market agorism, I mean, um, I, you know, I just, just love Mexico. It's, it's a, a, a paradise for agorists. I mean, n- none of the people are paying taxes or asking for permission or uh, they, and all of them have little stores or restaurants inside of their own homes that they live in, um, in, in my area at least. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. I mean, the, dr- the drive down here was, I mean, uh kind of crazy um but uh i mean i drove a trailer i drove a trailer through a large chunk of the country um with american plates and i was more concerned about getting robbed or something in in houston than i was in mexico (laughs) i mean (laughs) if you you know if you want to talk about how dangerous mexico is you know um right I don't, I haven't seen it yet. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're talking about, uh, you know, driving a trailer with, with American plates on it through, through a country. So, um, so yeah, and it, we did just fine. Now uh, on my way down here, there was like a flood um, that we drove through, which was pretty nuts. Some dude next to me, like opened up his, his car door and, uh, and water went inside. And I was like, dude, do not open up your fucking door. Um, and, uh, and then we got pulled over by the cops. I think I was going 15 kilometers over. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I overpaid him, but yeah, he had us by the balls. He was like, well, if you want to go, he saw our trailer, you know, and, um, and, uh, stuff like that. So he's like, well, if you want to go two hours back, and and you know shit like that and if you want to potentially lose your your uh your visa um you know you you could do that or you could you know help us out a little bit and um so yeah i ended up i ended up paying uh, about 400 pesos for that i probably could have paid less but um but it, it, it is what it is you know if i if i had given them too too little um you might have just been like, nah, you know. <laughs> well, you know. The courthouse, you know, so. A couple um, of places I don't think you want to end up is Mexican jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely probably not a good idea. So, yeah, doing the mordida where you're like, yeah, bro, whatever you want here, just take it and leave me alone, I think is probably the safe bet, I would say. Yeah, um, and it's kind of cool because you're, well, it's not cool, but um, but you're, I'd rather do it like that than anything in the U.S. because, you're giving it to a guy who needs to, who's just trying to feed his family most likely. And, uh, instead of giving it to, you know, the state directly. So, and then you, you don't have to go through all the state who hoop loops and all, and all that. I mean, 400 pesos is, uh, is only 20 bucks us. So. Oh, okay. All right. Fair I, enough. I had no idea. I was like, I thought you were going to say $400 at first. I'm like, Holy crap. That's a lot of, yeah, yeah that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 
it's kind of crazy mentally because because like somebody will say 900 pesos and i'll be like holy shit wait how much is that and you know stuff like that and you're like oh that's just around you know 50 bucks or whatever so um but uh but yeah it's it's been quite a quite an adventure down here uh one of my friend's cars got flooded um gary who who's just a huge help on the trip down here and uh you know great friendship with him we for sure so uh want to say thanks to gary but um but yeah everyday life in mexico is great um making a lot of friends i uh i unfortunately i couldn't be on the podcast last week with dag um in our last episode, the insurgency episode, because uh, that same day, or no, the day before, I um, one of my neighbors had a fire. Oh shit! And, and uh, well, I'm the first one who saw it, and uh, and I notified them, and we started grabbing buckets, and I'm sitting here throwing fire through this window. Now most of the windows, it is pretty hot here, so a lot of the windows here don't have um, any window pane. They're more or less like the concrete crisscross or the uh, the bars or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm sitting here throwing water through through this, and it's it, it was pretty amazing because you know the, the the neighborhoods coming together to try to to do this thing, and uh, uh, one of the neighbors hammered the the door open, and I see these guys just throwing water trying to throw the water, you know, from where the door is onto this fire. And I'm like, no, this shit's not even hitting it. And um, I, they were really cautious because, because, you know, everyone here uses the, the, the propane canisters, the really big propane canisters. Oh. So, um, so, you know, I don't think really anybody's been in that, that house. So they, they don't like, and uh, th- there was mentioning that there was gas inside there. Um, but uh, but anyways, I was like, yeah, that, that's that's not working. So I, I hopped in there with a bucket and started to douse this fire. And then a bunch of people started putting water next to the um, next to the the entry for me. And I threw water on it like two or three times, and I saw the flames start to go down, and uh, the smoke just, you know, when you put out fire, when you, you know, putting out some of this big fire that it was. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the room fills up with smoke pretty quick. So um, I had to get out of there. And, uh, but yeah, it's super crazy. Um, my neighbors were super nice before, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely made a lot of friends after that. And um, so, yeah, everything worked out okay. Uh, you know, no, nobody was hurt or anything. And um, I think what caused the fire was, a couple hours beforehand, there was a power outage. And I noticed on like my electrical devices that the power would come off and then on and then off and then on. And so I, it seemed like an electrical fire and, um, and it was like, I don't know what it was because it was completely burnt and it was next to like a bookshelf, Mm -hmm. but maybe it was like a TV or, or some kind of electrical device or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, really crazy experience for sure. Um, I think I had a really bad cough for like five days. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I was coughing a lot. So I unfortunately couldn't be on the insurgency episode with, with Texas Joe, 
that's always an episode that I that I uh, that I look forward to. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's been it's it's been really great here in Mexico. Um, everything about it is just seems super free market. Um, I think there are a couple of things that are a little less free market than where I used to live in the states. Like um, a lot of a lot of times, plastic, like I think plastic bags are illegal where I'm at. Like you, you can't give a plastic bag away. Like um, uh, when somebody buys something, like uh, like what they do in California. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so th- there is some stuff that's a, that's not as quite free market. But I think overall, it's more uh, more so. And it just it feels really great giving your money to like you know all these mom and pop shops all around you instead of instead of this you know corporation that's just a horror for the government and will enforce anything that the the government you know uh tells them to so well fantastic i'm really delighted to hear that uh, it worked out well i'm glad that you survived and that you were able to help your neighbors and we look forward to hearing more about your experiences down there um, I, I think that that's really rad. Took a chance and, and you went down there and I think that that's fantastic. I did, before we do get started with the, um, the, the moment that everybody's been waiting for, I'm sure, uh, which is quiz time, I wanted to go over something. So uh, the other day at work, I had somebody ask me um, how I was able to get a machine gun. And first of all, I laughed. And then secondly, I said, well, I don't think you understand really what the definition of a machine gun is. So I had to go through in the, the belt fed fully automatic versus semi-automatic or like what Steven Crowder did in uh, Michigan, fully semi-automatic <laughs> to the uh, complete uh, stupid motherfuckers that were walking around wherever he was getting people to sign petitions to shit they didn't understand. So to go through a few things for those of you that are not familiar, and I'm speaking really specifically to folks maybe in Canada and uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, when it comes to the question of machine guns and of course our listeners here domestically because I think a lot of people don't understand first of all Ronald Reagan is the devil he was the reason why we have a problem getting uh, machine guns in general but I'm going to go through this real quick so that there's more clarity on the subject okay yes the answer is yes you can get a machine gun this is all in the context of the law I'm not talking about talking to Tony Bag of Donuts down the street and your friends, you know, know, Tony the Tuba and Frank the Nose or whoever. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about through the ridiculous mechanisms of the state and asking for permission. So let's go through this real quickly. While there there are kinds, types, brands of styles of of weapons, etc., of machine guns, there's only one important distinction that needs to be made. When the machine gun was manufactured, the reason that date is important is because of a law that was passed in 1986. It's when Ronald Reagan was president, by the way. And I think that was the year of the shuttle disaster. Coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. That was, uh, the, uh, the make and manufacturer of mo- made the manufacture of most machine guns illegal. However, machine guns manufactured prior to that year of 1986 were grandfathered in so they can be legally transferred. That means bought and sold. The 1986 law effectively divided machine guns into two distinct classes, machine guns before and after May 19th of 1986. So pre-1986 machine guns, you have a couple of options when it comes to purchasing a machine gun that was manufactured prior to this date. First, the purchase with a Form 4. Second, you have to get a C&R license. 
okay form four to purchase a machine gun using form four all you have to do is submit a form to the application to the uh the um terrorist organization known as the bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives who kill children in fact setting them on fire at waco and of course you need to verify it's legal to own the machine gun in your state so then there's further uh laws locally or state and uh, on top of the federal one excuse me uh, there's some pro and cons to this method okay the pro is that you only have to go through uh the tax stamp process okay well for those of you that don't know what it so this is in addition to what i was talking about let's go through the 10 steps of getting your tax stamp okay think silencers uh number one you have to create an nfa gun trust number two purchase your silencer sbr that's a short barrel rifle Number three, fill out your part of the silencer SBR application. Number four, have the seller fill out their portion of the application. Number five, complete the background questionnaire for each responsible person. Number six, take photographs of each responsible person. Number seven, fill out two fingerprint cards for each responsible person. Number eight, review all documents over and over and over again. Not joking. Number nine, submit required paperwork to the chief law enforcement officer. And number 10, submit the required paperwork to the terrorist organization known as the ATF. Okay, so pre-1986 machine guns are transferable. It means you could sell them, uh, you know, later on in life, whatever. So to understand this, to get a fully automatic Colt M4 will cost you tens of thousands of dollars if we're doing it legally, okay? Now, for the again, there... I remember well, this is when I owned guns. Uh, I, I don't anymore. Uh, but when Barack was in, uh, inaugurated and I was still a status, I was like, oh, my God, this son of a bitch is going to pass laws. I'm not going to be able to buy one. So I drove in a snowstorm in my shitty two door car and I bought an AR-15, two magazines and two boxes of ammunition for twelve hundred dollars. Not too long ago, twelve hundred dollars could get you two fucking rifles for that price by the way maybe some with you know like a shitty red dot or maybe a mid-grade red dot but anyway for twelve hundred dollars you can get a really nice rifle or you could build your own at this point um just to give you a little perspective so you heard all of those things that you have to go through right you have to go through all this all right all right so like then there's extra steps okay so you have to obtain a type 03 ffl collector of curios that's to get a curie a curator's license uh, an 03 FFL is easier than a Type 01 FFL. And I know that the people listening overseas will be like, well, what do you need a machine gun for? That's not the point. Okay. I, I Once again, you're talking to people that feel like they should be able to go to Walmart this afternoon and buy a fully automatic M60 with belts with no background check. And I'm not even joking. But whatever. that um, The case may be you have to go through all of this or... There is a very double secret thing. I don't even know if Dag or Brandon knows this, but there is a secret way to get this military hardware without going through all of these extra bullshit steps. It's called going to Afghanistan. And we left behind billions of dollars in shit that us, the idiot tax cow, paid for. In fact, I have from CNN they had a parade they had a parade in in, in kabul I like very parades. i don't know if they gave out candy angel just relax no candy? we don't know if it was fun oh. yet but they were parading around in american equipment including flying black hawk helicopters that you paid for 
but I got to fill out all that paperwork to get a fully automatic weapon. Mm -hmm. They can just walk into a hangar and get fucking mine-resistant fucking uh, equipment, helicopters. I want a fully automatic assault helicopter. I don't know anybody who doesn't want one. I just want a helicopter. Okay, well, either way, you can skip all those steps that I just mentioned, and you can go straight to Afghanistan and pick out whatever you want. Apparently, it's quite the bazaar. But do they let ladies do that? Because I think you have to cover your head. Then you just go and do it. Okay, well, you and Chris, Chris and Dag and Brandon can go, we, we, and I'll just hang out. Fair here. enough, fair enough. I'll so, give you, I'll give you money for my cut. Thank you, thank you for for that. So yeah, <laughs> so they organized an air display with recently seized Black Hawk helicopters flying past along the road, while also trailing behind them a white Taliban flag. So, congratulations, <laughs> everybody. Uh, I guess gun control really is dead, and it has been for a long time. And no candy. And no candy at this parade, unfortunately. So I just, I, I was a little hot under the collar, as you could see. So I had to bring that up. You'll have to forgive me. But if you want more information on this, I'll have some of the links up there in case you want to check out how ridiculous the process is. And again, I understand that this might be foreign to some of our listeners in Canada. They might think that we're ridiculous. But yeah, we are ridiculous. But I, I would like to live in the mountains. I don't think there's anything ridiculous about wanting a belt fed M60. Thank you. Nor, nor do I. Nor do I don't see, I don't see, I don't see that as a dalliance at all. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree. Isn't, isn't that why you're on the show, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, uh, I, I can't believe that somebody will still make the case for gun control when all, all I'm asking for is access to the same weapons that the Taliban is using that I've been paying for since I was 15 via extortion from the state. The state tells me I can't have it, but those guys are running around in a parade with my, with shit that I paid for. But anyway, that's, I just want to inform people. If you want free shit, that's fully automatic, including attack helicopters, go to Afghanistan. They got everything and they got opium. I hear they got great dope. So whatever. Um, <laughs> straight in source, straight from the source of uh, mother's milk, as it were. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now back, and we have, since we have our vaunted guests, our, our, our honored guests, it is quiz time. So, uh, the purpose of this is to see who wins the assless chaps. Our guests are not included in the running, but right now Brian is firmly in the lead uh, as one pant leg slides over his calf on his way up. Uh, he's almost there, so let's get started. Even with this week sitting it out, doing Christ only knows what, chasing God in the woods. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm sure he's having a great time. So, uh, question number one, these questions are meant to deliberately trip up Angel, and I have never hidden from that, nor will I, and I have tried well again to do so. So you guys try to figure this out. We'll see who wins in the end. So 10 questions, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Question number one, who was Ross Perot's running mate in the 1992 presidential election? Was it A, Mo Green, B, Walter Mondale, C, James B. Stockdale, or D, Paul F. Hinkle? Angel, go ahead. I don't know. I'm going to go with D. You're going to go with Paul Hinkle. Okay. Christopher. Repeat the choices one more time. because uh, Sure. Mo Green, Walter Mondale, James B. Stockdale, or Paul F. Hinkle? I have no fucking clue, but... Uh... <laughs> Mondale. 
You're going to go with Walter Mondale. Okay. Yeah, it has a nice ring to it. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Brandon, do you have a guess that you would like to put forward? Yeah, can you repeat the question so I can get it in Google real fast? Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, was Ross Perot's running mate in the 1992 presidential election? Was it A, Mo Green, B, Walter Mondale, C, James B. Stockdale, or D, Paul F. Hinkle? I remember that election, too. I just don't remember. That's like fucking 30 years ago. Um I don't know. Let's go with Stockdale. Fuck it. All right. Brandon's going with Stockdale. And, of course, not least, but our final guess. Dag, what do you have? Um, I'm I'm going to guess Mo Green. I don't necessarily know that for sure. Um, I remember. I actually remember my, my folks voted for Perot. And looking back in retrospect, I'm very proud of them for doing that. But anyhow, um, um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Mondale. I think that was um, – wasn't that who was running against um, – uh, Reagan or something. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm guessing Mo Green. Okay. Just to let you guys know, there are two individuals here who are fictitious characters. The first one is Mo. The second one Damn is it. Paul Hinkle. I made that up. Dang I have it. No idea who they are. <laughs> Mo Green got shot in The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew the name sounded familiar. <laughs> I was waiting to see. We're like, come on, Jay. What are you doing, Mo Green? He's dead. Uh, Walter Mondale was a Democratic uh, guy who ran against Reagan, I think. Um, and then C is the answer. So Brandon is on the board with the uh, the right answer. So moving on to question number two. This is a good one. At least I picked a real person. <laughs> I love at, le- at least I was wrong, but I picked a real person. I feel better about that. That's all right. I, I, the reason why, I'm going to start calling myself Paul Hinkle. I thought that that was funny. I don't know why. Paul Hinkle. Paul, That's a good Paul, name. <laughs> Paul, Paulie F. Hinkle. F for fucking. Uh, number two. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't Google that one. I, pure luck, though. Pure. I don't luck. know, man. It took a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember, there's nothing on the line for this. You're not trying to avoid the apps <laughs> or win them. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, question number two. This is a good one, Angel. You're really gonna like this one. Number okay. two. In which city are Oscar Wilde, Jim Morrison, and Chopin buried? Is it A. New York City, B. London, C. Los Angeles, or D. Paris. I think it's Paris. You think it's Paris. So Angel's going with Paris. Christopher, who do you think? Where do you think? Excuse me. Los Angeles. Christopher's going with Los Angeles. Brandon, your guess, please. Don't tell me that's a fake city. (laughs) (laughs) It's fake. Uh, I don't know. Repeat the question again. Sorry. In which city are Oscar Wilde, Jim Morrison, and Chopin buried? Jim Morrison. Well, okay. So, what are the uh, what are the answers? New York City, London, Los Angeles, or Paris? Ooh. Uh... Probably in the state somewhere. I'm thinking um, I'm going to go with New York. All right. Brandon's going to go with New York. Dag, what do you have? Well, this one's tough because let's see. This is Jim Morrison. Wasn't he British? And then when you say Chopin, you mean Frederick Chopin? I can't pronounce it. The, um, the pianist? 
Yeah, the pianist. It was Chopin, Chopin, or as uh, I called him Chopin. in high school, Chopin. Chopin, yeah. Frederick Chopin. fucking Chopin. Um, but he's that sounds French to me. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with Paris. You're going to go with Paris. So Dag is going to go with Paris. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, that is the right answer. Paris is the right location. Yes. In fact, Jim, they've had to extend the burial lease that you get. And they've had to, like, every, they think you get it for 20 years. And then they, like, move the whatever's left out of there. And people get very upset about that. So he's, uh, yeah, they're all there in Paris. In uh, in Paris. The What is is No, that's not the eternal. Weird that they, like, shuffle people. Right? There. Like, you're fucking every dead. And you still got to fucking pay rent. Like, what kind of yeah. horse shit's that? <laughs> uh it's 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 a ridiculous waste of land that's for sure uh that i can confirm uh number three this might be up your alley dag number three what is the fastest growing plant is it a bamboo b marsh ferns c dandelions or d a specific kind of grass kentucky bluegrass angel what's your guess Ooh, that this is a good question um i'm gonna say a Angel's going to go with bamboo. By the way, they're all good questions. Excuse you. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Damn it. I mean, that Ross Perot question was kind of. You're just mad because you didn't get it right. (laughs) Mo Green. Um, He got shot in the eye with a small caliber um, in the movie. Christopher, what's your guess? Um, I'm going to go with the, what was it, the would you say Kentucky bluegrass or yeah, Kentucky bluegrass, dandelion, marsh fern, or bamboo? If I find out this is fucking like a fake plant, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> it's not fake. There's no fake. Okay, okay. These are I all. Keep waiting. I'm waiting. I need to fake me out. So you be like, ha ha, Chris is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're real. This, these are real plants that nature invented. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna go with Kentucky bluegrass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my guess. I was like, "What, what are we waiting on here?" <laughs> like, yeah, it was, that was my guess. Like, oh man, it's not my go, is it? <laughs> uh, Dag, uh, I'll ask you next. What do you think? Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's bamboo for sure. Um, I know it's definitely a type of grass. I think it's bamboo. I'm gonna be really embarrassed if I get this one wrong. So, a bamboo. This is like your wheelhouse, my friend. I don't know. We'll see. It's supposed to be. We're gonna find out. And of course, Brandon, rounding it out. What do you have? Uh, I'm going to go dandelions. I've seen those fuckers grow super quick. So. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, would you believe that the answer is a bamboo? Bamboo. Right, so Dag. currently we have a tie between Dag and Angel. We got to get Chris on the board here. So I'm, I got a good one for you. This next one is a quote. Number four, quote, Puritanism, the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. <laughs> uh, was that a Voltaire, the great French writer? B Benjamin Franklin, who invented electricity in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There was no such thing beforehand uh, with a kite. He invented it out of the air. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't there naturally. Uh, C, H.L. Mencken, or D, Nietzsche? Angel, please. Uh, I'm going to say D. Uh, you're going to go with Nietzsche. All right. Christopher, you're up. I'm going to go with Nietzsche. You're going to go with Nietzsche. Not, and not because Angel said it. <laughs> Uh, because that's a fake person. <laughs> no, this isn't Frederick Nietzsche. This is uh, Bill Nietzsche, his very your <laughs> brother. His, no. his, his second cousin twice. <laughs> uh, what do you say, Brandon? What do you got? Oh, man. Um, 
What's the quote again? Puritanism, the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. It's hard because it doesn't sound like Voltaire, but it doesn't sound like Mencken. Um, what are my other two options? Uh, Frank, Ben Franklin, Nietzsche, Mencken, or Voltaire are the total option. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same. I'm gonna go with Mencken too. The fake person. <laughs> <laughs> So you're going with Bill Bill Nietzsche, uh, uh, the fake German uh, philosopher. That's well, that's not unknown. Okay, yeah, that's right uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> widely, widely known, widely quoted. Uh, Dag, who do you have? Uh, man, you know what? I feel like I'm probably wrong on this, but it's just too much fun, and for some reason, I'm drawn to this. I'm going to say Ben Franklin. You're going to say mean, Ben Franklin. He seemed like he would have a lot. Like he would have been dealing with a lot of Puritans, right? Those other people sound like they're from other countries. I don't know. That's that that would be a fair guess, but ladies and gentlemen, we have a zero for this round. Would you believe that it was one of my favorite people on the planet, H.L. Mencken, who said that? Um, that's okay though. We've got time to make up for this. Question number five. This is also a quote. Uh, it is quote, I am sorry to see you here, but if you had fought like a man, you needn't be hanged like a dog. So I am sorry to see you here. But if you had fought like a man, you needn't be hanged like a dog. Was it A, John Brown? Uh, that's He's famous in, in Ohio, too. He had a mansion, a stone mansion in, uh, in Akron. He's uh, the famous abolitionist who was actually executed for trying to lead, lead a slave revolt. Was it B, Anne Bonnie, uh, the famous female pirate? C, Ching Tsai. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Another famous Asian pirate. Or D, Mary Reed, also a famous pirate. You get where I'm going with some of this. You have some clues already. Angel, who is it? I'm going to say D. You're going to say D, Mary Reed. Okay. Christopher? Oh. <laughs> He's <his> head already. <laughs> okay. I'm never getting on this fucking scoreboard today. Um, I'm going to go with C, the other female pirate. Okay. The, the other female pirate is Anne Bonnie. Anne Bonnie. Yeah, there we go. That's B. Okay. All right. Dag? She better not be a fucking fake person. There's no fake people here. There's no fake people here. Well, my first, I'm like, who the fuck hangs a dog? You know, but then, I don't know, you said C was an Asian pirate. I'm just going with C. You're going to go with <laughs> C, Asian pirate. We're just going to call him the Asian pirate. <laughs> Right. And that's what you said, right? It's my only clue. Yes, I'm not going to announce his nationality or her national or their national. I'm not sure. They're just Asian. Um, okay, and uh, Brandon rounding us out. Who who would you guess? I'm going to go with Ann Bonnie as well. You're going to go with Ann Bonnie as well, ladies and gentlemen. Would you believe we got Christopher is on the board? Yeah, that was a lucky fucking guess. Right. Bonnie, Ann Bonnie's the right answer. That was, that was a lucky guess. I think she was uh, the lover of um, Jack Rackham, and Rackham got drunk and went down below decks and refused to fight, and that's why she said, um, "Had you not, had you fought like a man, you wouldn't be hanged like a dog." So, there you go. She had the balls, and he was drinking. Anyway, question number six. This is a good one, Angel. I expect you to get this right because you're into this sort of thing. What nationality is Bram Stoker, the author of Dracula? Was he a English? B American, C, 
German or D Irish. I don't know that. Why would I know that? I'm not. A, I don't. You like like I'll say horror a. stuff. I'll say A, but that doesn't mean I know the nationality of an author. <laughs> okay, you go with A from uh, Jolly England. Okay, mm -hmm. Christopher, who do you have? I'm gonna go with England. You're also gonna go with England. All right, Brandon. Cheerio, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> what is your guess? Uh, e Romania, but um, there's no Romania, so let's go with England. Going with England and Dag. What is your guess? I just can't go with the same one as everybody else, but I have no idea. I'm going with Ireland. So Dag is going with Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. Dag takes the lead. He got nice. He got that right. He is Irish. I, I could for being a uh, what's it called controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go, man. He, uh, an Irish fella. Um, in fact, they make reference to that in the interview with the vampire when Brad Pitt, the one gay vampire, uh, says a demented Irish. He talks about Bram Stoker in the film. Oh, um, yeah. I don't remember that part. Was, uh, I remember Norm MacDonald was making fun of it on Saturday Night Live back in the day when it was a funny show. When they were reviewed, uh, interviewed with the vampire, he goes, not gay enough. <laughs> anyway, that's the days. That, that stuck with me. Um, number seven. This is another quote. Quote, people have only as much liberty as they have the intelligence to want and the courage to take. Was it A, Emma Goldman, B, George Washington, C, Simone Bolivar, or D, Benito Mussolini? Angel, what is your guess? I'm going to say A. Angel is going with the great and powerful Emma Goldman. Okay, Christopher? Um. Just for some reason, I'm horrified by the juxtaposition of Emma Goldman and Benito Mussolini both being <laughs> in the answer. Is like, right? I thought about uh, Mussolini. I'm gonna go with Emma Goldman. Christopher also chooses uh, Miss Emma Goldman. I'm, and this time, I, that is a scapegoat answer. So if it's wrong, I'm gonna blame Angel. <laughs> you should have led me down the correct path. Yeah, really, Angel. What are you doing over there? I uh, uh, Brandon, who who do you guess? I've said that quote before on one of our shows. Um, what? Who are the answers again? Uh, a is Emma Goldman. B is George Washington. C is Simon Bolivar, and D is Benito Mussolini. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Emma Goldman, so I'm going with Emma Goldman. All right, and Dag, what do you have? I'm going Emma Goldman, too. Dag is going with... conformist, this one. Well, guess what? Your conformity has paid off. It was yes. great and powerful Emma Goldman. Um, the, for those of you who are not familiar, not talking to the, the panel here, but um, Simon Bolivar was called the George Washington of South America. He overthrew the Spanish in, I think, four four countries altogether just went around and just fucked shit up everywhere and killed all the, uh, yeah, he's responsible. That's why you have a country called Bolivar. Bol Bolivia is comes from him. Anyway, side issue, like Alex Jones would say, side issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, number eight, quote, an anarchist is someone who doesn't need a cop to make him behave. Was that A, Chomsky? B, and by the way, there's no P in Chomsky. I've seen it spelled wrong many times. It's not Chomp-ski. It's Chomp-ski. <laughs> Jesus nom. Christ. Was it Chomp-ski? <laughs> B. Raul Venegim. 
C, Enrico Malatesta, or D, William Godwin? Angel, please. Um, I'm going to say C. You're going to see Enrico Malatesta. All right. Christopher? I, I'm going to say C, and I'm not copying off, any, off of Angel, I swear. He has to qualify. I was, just, I, I was just sitting here thinking C, and I don't know if anybody heard me, but I sighed when she said C. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. Say something else. <laughs> All right. Brandon, who is your guess? Uh, uh, I don't like Chomsky, but it could be him. So I'm going with Chomsky. All right. Dag, your guess, please. Uh, I'm going wild card D. I have no idea. Wild card. But it's a good quote. You're going with William Godwin? Yeah, I hope it's a real person. Oh, yeah, he is. He was one of the... <laughs> He's one of the first people to call himself uh, or be identified as an anarchist. I think he even predates uh, Pierre Joseph Proudhon. Anyway, unfortunately, we have a big fat goose egg for this round. Aww. It was the, the selection was B. Raoul Vanagam, um, number nine. We're getting to the end here, ladies and gentlemen. Number nine. We got to have a strong finish here. Uh, that's what they say at the masseuse parlor. Anyway, number nine. Which country has more than half of all the natural lakes in the world? It's another geography one, Angel. You, I know you watch a lot of those goddamn shows, so you should pick up on this. Okay. Uh, num uh, number A, Canada, Chomsky. Uh, no, it's just A, Canada. B, uh, Russia, the former Soviet Union. C, U.S. and A, or D, Brazil. Which one do you think it is? I'm gonna. Ooh, I don't know. I know Russia has the largest, deepest lake that stays the same temperature year round because it's so large and deep i know that so i'm gonna say the u.s and day you're gonna say u.s and day you're playing for the home team here mm -hmm. okay christopher what are you who are you gonna guess which country repeat the question one more time so which country has more than half of all the natural lakes in the world uh, what are the choices? Obviously, United what United States, United States, Russia, Canada, or Brazil. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Canada. Christopher goes with Canada. All right, uh, Brandon, what's your guess? I'm pretty sure it's Canada. Brandon goes with Canada, and Dag, what is your guess? Brazil's tempting because, you know, like the Amazon and stuff, but that's probably a lot of rivers, not necessarily lakes, right? No. Um, I don't know, man. Shit, there's a lot of lakes in my county. I'm going to the United States. You're going with the U.S. today. I see a lot of lakes here. That must be right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, would you believe the answer is A, Canada? Oh, Canada. Ooh. Oh, good job. Uh, the, 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 the key word was natural. Oh. You, said, you said natural lakes, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah, that was the key word. For All right. Me. I'm like, because eh, there's a lot of man-made lakes in the United States. This yeah, is true. true. This is true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 10, the final question uh, in this wonderful guest appearance by our friends. Uh, by the way, we have a tie before uh, I, I read the question. Dag and Brandon, our guests, are, are tied with four each. So perhaps this may be the tiebreaker. Or maybe Angel and Chris get the next one right, and they don't. And we have, for the first time ever, a complete tie. Anyway, now it's time for the action. 
right. number t- number ten. Which cabinet post did Aaron Burr hold when he killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel? Okay, is it A. Secretary of War, B. Vice President, C. Secretary of the Treasury, or D. Secretary of State? Angel. B. Vice President. Uh, Angel's going with the Vice President. Okay, Christopher. Because I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I feel so fucking stupid for getting this wrong, but Secretary of Treasury. You're going with Secretary of Treasury. All right. Brandon, what's your guess? Uh, I'm going with Secretary of Treasury, too. Yeah. Secretary of Treasury. All right. And finally, Dag, you round us out. That's going to be a hard B, Vice President there, Jay. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have a winner. Uh, she's sitting at the top of this pile. Dad got that one right, Vice President. We have a two-way tie. Angel Brown, uh, Brandon and Angel both got four. And Christopher is well far away from the assless chaps, as predicted. <laughs> He is the oil man, though, so uh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to get nice and dirty for that one. So uh, he's going to oil Brian's ass when he wears the pants. Uh, the assless chaps. Somebody's got to do it. It's a thankless job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a thankless job, but to see them ass cheeks glisten in the light. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> so that rounds out this week's quiz time. Um, for those of you, uh, you're, you're going to be glad that Brian wears them because if I had to wear assless chaps, I think a lot of you would be very disappointed. So before we round anything out, or excuse me, before we close everything out, I'd like to hand it over to Dag and Brandon if they want to plug away on anything and uh, uh, direct our listeners to check out the, whatever they have. This is your opportunity to do so. So please fire away. Um, sure. Uh, I'm Daggerist on you know social media and stuff. Uh, you know, the Twitter and whatnot, Keybase, etc. Um, buy seeds from me, agorastakers.com. Uh, then check out all the cool stuff that we do over at Agorist Nexus, you know, podcast, articles, you know, stuff like that. But I guess that's about it. Pass the baton to Brandon. Yeah, uh, really, I just want to um, plug uh, the Carl Watner story again. Um, on a course, oh, that is good. Yeah, very good. Uh, just to just to honor Carl Watner, if you go to um, articles, it should be one of the top ones, um, or just scroll down to, to where you see the Carl Watner story. Or I think the um, exact URL is agorsnexus.com forward slash Carl Watner. So, yeah, excellent. All right. Well, once again, we appreciate uh, you guys coming on to chat with us. We are uh, glad that we have you as friends. I know that the community owes you a lot for putting together such an awesome listing with uh, all of uh, all of the. It's such a wide variety. Every time we uh, we um, plug the, the the website, we try to get a couple of different uh, elements to come to let people know, like the wide variety. It's a huge margin between you have crypto and, like you said, Dag Seeds. There's podcasts. There's eBooks. There's there's coffee. There's all sorts of awesome things that you can find on that. So we owe you a lot for putting that together, and we uh, we're really grateful that you have. So thank you for that. Um, before we go, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, man, thanks for having us on and everything. It's always a blast. Well, I'm glad that you had fun. I uh, I know that we had fun. I had fun watching Angel really try to figure th- things out. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for her this time, but she did okay. Not I did too better bad. this time than last time. I think you did, and, and that's good. That's good. We're, we're seeing some improvement, which is nice. But before we uh, close it out, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is, right? September is here. And while the, uh, the weather might be changing for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, where it gets a little bit cooler, when it gets cooler, you have a tendency to sit closer to people. And when you sit closer, certain smells, certain things that are disgusting will come to the nose quickly. For example, if you're not washing properly, perhaps you're not using the right soap for your undercarriage. Perhaps there's still sweat from working on the docks like me. And you're going to get some of that swamp ass year round. Maybe you just have a natural bad stink. That's not a problem that can't be fixed. I want want to please direct you to our friend Todd the Gay with his very gay soap, also known as Akron Apothecary. Uh, he has a bunch of new flavors that I read out the last time. I'm not going to do it this time because I lost them. So you're going to have to listen to the last episode if you want to hear what flavors of soap he has. But um, if you're in the war against swamp ass, which I am, fir- I am firmly entrenched in this war against swamp ass, I am an enemy of the swamp ass, and you should be too. So please check out our friend Todd. He's on. Uh, you can find him on the uh, show notes. You can see him on the website. He's got his own site, all natural, cold pressed, handmade gay soap. Because why? Soap for that ass. It is soap for that ass. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Please uh, patronize our friends. Check out our stuff. Check out our friends' stuff. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, give us a rating on iTunes if you have an iPhone. Please do so. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. And like I said, if you want to give us a review on um, the YouTube channel, that'd be cool, too. That's all we have for this week. We're grateful for our friends coming on. Thank you very much. And we will catch you very soon. Bye. See ya. Bye.